This book is what we have on the altar. And so it's kind of laid out a little bit different than this, but um, I'll just kind of pass it around if you guys want to look at it um, as we're going through discussing this. Let's start with Abby. Okay, we'll start on page three. Um, much of this, I'm just going to give you a, a very broad overview in about 15 minutes of the Mass. Um, but a lot of this is going to be taken from uh, a book I read several years ago called A Biblical Walk Through the Mass by Ted Shree. So it's spelled like this. S-R-I. So I think it's a biblical walkthrough or a biblical basis. I'll let you, you want to write that as I just keep on talking. Um, everything through in the Mass is actually biblical. It's taken a lot of different words from the New Testament, from the Old Testament. And so we start off with the introductory, right? And so we'll just kind of do this together. We... Um, there is the entrance chant. Um, entrance chant is what's preferred because Gregorian chant is the official kind of chant of the church. It's interesting. Um, we were talking to some rabbis um, when I was in the Holy Land, and they were, we were asking them about how does, how does it sound when they chant the Psalms? And they're like, oh, like you guys do, the Gregorian chant. It's kind of like the same tone, intuition, back and forth. So we have the Gregorian chant. Oftentimes in the United States, we don't use it as much because you can replace it with a hymn. You know, so the traditional four hymns. But there's the entrance chant, and then we'll start on page seven, the greeting. And so we always start in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's recalling the fact that we were baptized into the life of the Trinity. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you were not baptized in the ancient days, you were never actually allowed to go into the liturgy. You stayed outside. Okay. Um, and then there's the greetings. These are some of the same greetings you will see um, from St. Paul when he starts off his epistles. He says things like, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Okay. Um, after the greeting we have a penitential rite. So we recognize that we are unworthy to be in the presence of God. So the penitential rite can take several different forms. The most common one you will see on Sundays is what's called the confidior, the Latin word, I confess, to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters. Okay? But there is also a sprinkling rite, which we typically do during the Easter season, and we recall our baptismal promises, in which we renounce sin, we renounce Satan, and we profess our faith in God, and then the celebrant goes around the church and sprinkles people. Okay? One of the fun things we like to do at Easter, we have a kind of a broom-looking thing, you sprinkle. It's the super soaker of spiritual blessings, just dousing someone. <laughs> yeah. um, then after the uh, penitential rite is number four on page nine is Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. 
You'll notice underneath there's this word Kyrie eleison. Does anyone know? Obviously, we know it's Lord have mercy. Does anyone know what language that is? Greek. Good. Good guess. Okay, so the beautiful, the beautiful thing about uh, the liturgy, the Mass, is it is the sacrifice of Jesus on Calvary. On the top of the cross, you see the words I, or the letters I-N-R-I. You heard the story about some uh, atheist boy grew up in an orphanage. He didn't know anything about Jesus, but he saw a cross and he's like, that man must have done something very important because I see him all around. And so he would talk to his friends about Inri. That's what he called him, Inri. Okay. So Inri, I-N-R-I, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews, is what language? Yesu, Nazarene, Rexus, Judea. It's, it's in Latin. Okay, and then so Pontius Pilate had it written in Latin because of the Romans, in Aramaic or Hebrew because of the Israelites that were there. And many of the Israelites at that time spoke Greek. So he wrote it in all three languages. So that's why in Mass, we incorporate all three languages. You may not even know that. Like, Amen. Is that English? We say it all the time, right? But it's actually a Hebrew word that says, I, I believe. Or Hosanna, come and save us, right? So we use these Hebrew words. This is the only time we use Greek. Okay, so then after the Lord have mercy, we have the glory to God in the highest and on peace to people of goodwill. Comes from the Gospel of Luke, in which the angels come to Jesus or the angels come to the shepherds to announce the birth of Jesus. The Gloria is said only during, well, it's, it's said at, um, every Sundays except for Sundays in Lent and Advent because they are penitential seasons. When we're wearing purple, we don't say the Gloria. So it usually um, makes Mass about three minutes quicker. Okay, then after the Gloria, we have the, the Collect. Call God Collect. Um, so, um, and the reason why th this changes, because it changes with each Mass. The Collect has oftentimes the reference to the readings or the liturgical day. Okay, so that's why there are different Collects. Then after the Collects, we get into the... Um, second part of the Mass. The first part's the introductory rites. The second part is Liturgy of the Word. So there is a first reading, and the first reading generally is taken from the Old Testament, except for in Easter season. Because during Easter season, they're taking it from the New Testament, particularly the Acts of the Apostles. Okay, then after the First reading, we have the responsorial psalm. Okay, and this is oftentimes spoken um, during daily mass, but it should be sung on Sundays. 
um, the Jewish people would not just say the Psalms. They would chant them. It'd be like going to a basketball game and you stand up and then you have someone say, oh, say, can you see by the Donterly light, right? If we start, can anyone speak the national anthem? It's harder to remember it, right, if you speak it, but you can sing it. If we all started singing it, you're like, the melody helps you remember. And that's the beautiful thing about the way that the Jewish people would learn the scriptures. And that's the importance of chant also, because you can remember it better. Um, after the responsorial psalm, we have the second reading. And the second reading is always taken from the New Testament. And then we have the gospel. Okay. So let's turn to the gospel for this weekend. Um, we are in the second Sunday in ordinary time. So, January 14th. So, the nice thing about these books, and you guys will be able to take this home, okay? Um, these are yours to keep. Uh, the nice thing about this book is it's dated. Where some people come to church, they actually have their own little missile. So it's like that book with also the readings, and you can actually kind of follow along every day with it. But you kind of have to know the liturgical um, season. You have to kind of know it's not actually dated. So this, these are kind of more user-friendly. Um, <clears throat> the readings uh, on Sundays go through a three-year cycle, A, B, and C. Right now we are currently in cycle B. Okay. And then the daily readings go on a two-year cycle. So if you went to Mass every single day for three years, you would probably get, you would have essentially about 95% of, of the Bible. Because the Bible wasn't printed. You know, not, no, not, not everyone could afford the Scriptures because you had monks that would have to sit there and write it all out. And so the, the Bible was actually read audibly in a community. And so people would go to Mass every single day to understand three years um, what um, the, the readings of the Scriptures were. Typically, the first reading and the Gospel really kind of coincide with a theme. And then the second reading is more uh, moral, how to actually live out your life. Okay, But not always. Sometimes they all three line up really well. Um, after the gospel comes the homily. <laughs> you're, you know, you're right. It is. And uh, what's the difference between a sermon and a homily? Yeah, because we say homily, right? Blake had a good explanation the other day when you talked about it. Expanding on the scriptures, like what present was read. A sermon is more directed. It can be on a particular scripture, or it could be just on other aspects of the Christian life. So the the most common thing is on, on oftentimes for a daily mass, it might be a life of a saint that's their feast day, and there's someone to model. And so I'm going to talk maybe about that saint um, as an example for us. 
Whereas on Sundays, no, you got to start with an explanation of the scriptures. You might bring an example of someone in, but you have this, your basis is starting with the scriptures. Um, the church says that homily should be between seven to 10 minutes. Okay. Usually if it's shorter than that, like a daily mass, three to five minutes, uh, it's called a homilet. Homilies are seven to 10. If it goes over 10, it's called a homilong. <laughs> and if it goes over 15, it's a homilepic. And over 20, it's homilicide. <laughs> it's right there in Acts of the Apostles. Paul was preaching all night, and little Eutychus, little kid, he's in the window, and what happens? He falls out, right? Who puts a little kid in the window seal on the second floor, right? But he's dead, and Paul goes and raises him back to life, right? So the moral of this story, us as preachers, we got to get to the point, and that way you don't fall asleep. <laughs> Okay, so after the homily, we have the profession of faith. Um, do you believe that what you believe is really real? Right? Do you believe that what you believe is really real? So what do we believe? This goes to the Nicene Creed, the Council of Nicaea in the year 325, and it's also the Constantinople Creed in 381. During the Easter time, there's even a more ancient creed, what, what the early church believed. It's called the Apostles' Creed, and it was used in the Church of Rome. So um, usually during Easter time um, and Lent, we could use that. Um, after the Creed comes the Universal Prayers, also known as the Prayers of the Faithful or Prayer uh, Intentions. So uh, there are four things that are supposed to be in for Sunday Prayers of the Faithful. We pray for the church leaders. We pray for our nation's leaders. We pray for people who are sick and people who have died. And then there's usually other intentions that you could add. But those are the four main intentions. And then after that, we have the um, collection. We'll go into the liturgy of the Eucharist. So we're singing music, right? And then the baskets are being passed around. And it's to show that people have a, a, a part to play in the liturgy, not just your responses, but what are you offering up to God? And so people in the ancient days would bring a lamb or a goat or a chicken, you know, to church, right? And they'd be running around. I don't know. But, but this is what they were offering um, up to God um, to help pay for um, the priests or the sisters or whoever. And so they'd bring all their offerings. Now we just pass around a basket. People drop in their money. Um, I've been to a mass in Uganda, and they do like a, a dollar dance. You know, it's really quite, they, like people process up the aisle, and they've got their dollars, and they're coming in, and they, they drop it down, and then the priest goes over there. Do it again, right? Not enough money. <laughs> so this went on for 30 minutes. I kid you not. But the Ugandans, their liturgies, their masses take about three hours. Um, but anyways, but the important thing is it's the, the bread and the wine are usually brought up in the offertory. So it's like the people of God bring it to the church and says, do something with this. We want you to change this bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ because I also want my heart to be changed. I want to be changed from a sinner into a saint. Do something with this. So then there's the presentation of the gifts. The priest prays over the gifts. And then after the priest prays over the gifts, he tells everyone to stand. 
And then as they all stand, um, there is the prayer over the offerings. And much like the opening prayer, also known as the collect, this changes. So on this coming Sunday, it will be on page 86 there on January 14th. Um, after the prayer over the gifts is the Eucharistic prayer. We get into what's called the preface. You know, the Lord be with you and with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. And then there are different. Uh, this can be sung or it can be spoken. Generally on Sunday, it's it's sung. But there are different uh, prefaces depending on which, which Eucharistic prayer you use. Um, and oftentimes it calls to mind a relationship with God, the Father, and then the Son, and then the angelic beings, all the angels. I, I, I was looking to see if it was in, I don't know if it's actually in any of these ones here, but there's a, a typical one for Sundays, and it goes through the different choirs of angels. You know, um, the, there's the cherubs, the seraphs, um, the virtues, the powers, the dominions. And when I was at a former church and I'd chant that, and he, this little boy, he heard the word minions. It's like, Mom, the minions are coming. <laughs> like, no, minions serve the evil Gru. Dominions serve the loving God. <laughs> okay, and then, then we get to the uh, holy, holy, holy. Okay, this found, is found in the, the book of Revelation where all the angels. So at this point, we are actually being lifted up into the heavenly realm. The heavens are torn open, much like when Jesus was baptized. The, the heavens are opened up and the angels and the saints are all present. They're surrounding us at that moment. Okay. Remember the story of Jacob? And you look at our mural in here. Jacob's got a ladder. What's going up and down the ladder? The angels, right? And it's alluding to, even in Eucharistic prayer number one, take, he's referring to the angel to take it up, the sacrifice of heaven. Okay. So heaven and earth kiss uh, during this point, liturgy of the Eucharist. We'll go more in depth about this when we get to um, studying actually uh, the Eucharist itself. Um, so there are four different Eucharistic prayers ordinarily used. One, two, three, and four. Um, four can only be used if you're wearing green, because it's only for ordinary time. And that then Eucharist prayer one is called the Roman Canon, which um, is most popular probably on Sundays. Eucharistic prayer two is the shortest, so it's usually used for daily mass. And then Eucharistic prayer three is pretty short too, but there's an insert that you could add the saint of the day. So anytime I'm celebrating the saint of the day, I use Eucharistic prayer three, and then oftentimes three or one on Sundays. So it's uh, the beautiful thing. It's the, the church is like, uh, as the priest up there, you feel like you're the quarterback and you can call different options or audibles. going to change, but... Um, after the liturgy of the Eucharist comes, this is page 98, the great um, doxology, through him, with him, and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory, 
That's word doxus in Greek means glory. All glory and honor is yours forever and ever. And then your response, amen. Okay. So then after the liturgy of the Eucharist, we come to uh, the communion rite. So we're all standing. And then we say the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father. After the Our Father, um, we have the sign of peace. Um, and this is optional. The sign of peace is, is, it doesn't really say in the Missalette, but in the Roman Missal, it says it's optional. There's definitely times where you don't want to do the sign of peace, like daily mass, and you're not actually that close to anyone. You have people come around there like this. <laughs> That's not what the sign of peace is supposed to be. Or it's flu season, or there's a pandemic. Okay, So sign of peace is optional. And then um, comes the Lamb of God on page 100. Uh, and this is what John the Baptist, when he pointed out Jesus to the first disciples, Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Okay, So we're pointing out this is the Lamb of God, and Jesus is being raised up. So you guys are ready to come and receive the Lamb of God. And then the people's response, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Do you want to know where that's com- what story that's come from? Change the word soul to servant. Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come enter my, under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. Remember the story of the centurion? He had a servant that was sick and dying, and he sent messengers to Jesus. And Jesus was going to come into his home. And he's like, oh, no, no. I'm not worthy to have you come into my home, Lord. Just say the word, and I know you'll heal him. And it's kind of like us. We're not worthy to have Jesus come into our, the home of our soul. But nevertheless, he wants to come in. Okay. Um, and then uh, is the communion antiphon, or communion chant. And... Oftentimes we don't do that because we have the hymn instead. So this coming Sunday's communion chant will be on page 102, January 14th. And then we'll come after communion. A period of silence can be observed. And then everyone at this time, we're cleaning up the altar. and then when everything is cleaned up, the priest says, let us pray. Everyone stands. And then we have the closing prayer, or sorry, the prayer after communion. So this Sunday's will be on page 106, second Sunday in ordinary time. Pour on us, O Lord, the spirit of your love and in your kindness. Make those you have nourished by this one heavenly bread, one in mind and heart, through Christ our Lord. Amen. And then on page 108 comes the uh, concluding rites, the dismissal. And there's, there's different, um, different chants or phrases that the priest can say, Go forth, the Mass is ended. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord, or go in peace, glorify the Lord with your life, or just simply go in peace.
And we all process out and go to Stoffers for breakfast. <laughs> go forth, the Mass is ended. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord, or go in peace, glorify the Lord with your life, or just simply go in peace. And we all process out and go to Stoffers for breakfast. Thank you for listening to this great content from St. Peter Catholic Church. For more content, for other talks, for more information, please visit St. Peter Catholic Church, Lincoln, Nebraska, on Apple iTunes or on Podbean, and our parish website, stpeterlincoln.com. God bless you.